So, hello everyone. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're looking after yourselves. Have you ever been given the wrong advice? Been told to expect one thing and then experience something completely opposite? Well, we're here to address this. Each episode, we're going to bring on a guest speaker from Brunel. This could be a current student or an alumni. And we're going to be discussing some assumptions we had or things that we were told to expect when we were at university and how this was completely different to what we went through. But don't worry, we're not going to end it there. We're not going to leave you in the doom and gloom. We're going to be offering some personal tips and advice on how you can make the most uh, how you make the most of uni and learn from our mistakes and our experiences. So to kick things off, I'd like to introduce our guest speaker. So hi, Jay. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. Um, here I am again. <laughs> second time around. Se- second time second around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, the, the joke there is uh, we unfortunately uh, c- couldn't upload the, the previous version of this episode because uh, with technology being the way it is, we recorded the whole thing and then lo and behold, um, it, it didn't work. The audio wasn't working. So, well, we just thought, why not come back, do it all over again, uh, do it online this time um, and just see uh, see how things go. But um, yeah, Jay, there might be some people in our, our audience who, who may remember your episode. There might be some that, you know, you're a completely new face to them. Uh, and we'd just like to ask you first off, you know, could you please just let us know a bit more about you? Uh, sure thing. So back then I was working at Brunel. I no longer am. I am just a Brunel alumni now. Um, I graduated in 2022, yes, uh, in aerospace engineering, and now I'm continuing my master's in astronautics and space engineering elsewhere. So um, I definitely was around um, for the last few years at Brunel. Uh, I was working with residences, I was working with the university in general, I did a lot with the union, a lot with a bunch of clubs, so you might have seen me around in past years. Oh, perfect. Uh, And they might have also seen you uh, in your podcast that you do. Um, Could you let us know a bit more about that? Uh, Yeah, so there was a few episodes out, I am not too sure uh, about the fate of it (laughs) right now. Uh, It's called Let's Talk About It. We did a few episodes covering just general topics of... um, a lot to do with mental, well, uh, not mental, uh, just general well-being. We did one about uh, coming into a university from abroad, one about the general circumstances of living university, making friends, uh, have to get to know other people. I think there was one about sports and getting active. That was a recent one that we did. Um, there might be a few more coming out soon, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> well, thank you. And yeah, I definitely would recommend uh, to anyone uh you know, watching or listening, um, you know, this is a really great podcast. I've listened to it myself and watched it too. And it's, it offers really good advice. And I guess shows you, you know, I think especially because sometimes as a student, you might forget that yes, uh, the st- uh, some of the staff members who work at the university were students like you, they came to Brunel and they've had their own experiences and they can offer really great advice on a wide range of topics. So uh, yeah, we'll include the link to the des- that in the description below. Uh, but yeah, I definitely would recommend checking it out. Um, but yeah, with uh, So No One Told You, you know, we're always discussing things that no one told you about. And this time we're talking about postgraduate studies. Now, uh, yes, postgraduate studies, uh, we we realised sort of like when we started recording this, that there might be a few deadlines that have passed. Um, there might be some that haven't. So please do make sure that you've checked if you are thinking of doing postgraduate studies, that the university that you've, um, you're applying for 
or the courses you're applying for rather um they're still open um because kind of like uh well you didn't hear it but sort of like we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail later on is that they can go quite quickly um but yeah we're going to start off with the first assumption um now the first one I've got is you don't have to apply for a course until you graduate. So it sort of links with what we were saying before of, you know, you there's this assumption that you don't have to sort of like rush into looking for a postgraduate study. Um, you know, you can just finish your undergrad, wait, and then once you've, you know, you've submitted your dissertation, you've done all your exams, that's when you need to start like looking for courses. Um, Jay, was that an assumption that you had or something that you sort of felt that way? Uh, it was not. I was very prepared and warned against this. Uh, like you were saying, a lot of universities, uh, they close on their um, uh, vacancies for postgraduate quite early on. Um, even so, a lot of first waves, they tend to close around December time. So before we recorded, last time we recorded this, it was still... Uh, it would still be like you still be in time so uh i think we're in second wave now which is still a great opportunity to apply to a lot of postgraduate studies i think it closes around march i'm pretty sure um which is still a great way to get into a lot of universities and it's something you should be looking into as soon as possible really because a lot of these things tend to go by really really fast and you might just miss out on your opportunity and this can be masters phd PhD, they tend to be a bit more sporadic. They tend to come in uh, throughout the year. So it's just something you have to be, um, have, 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 a, what's a good expression? Just have your eyes peeled for any yeah. opportunity that might come by. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And, you know, you sort of linked to the reality of the situation, like you mentioned, that a lot of them do close early. Um, some of them close even like regardless of the course, they'll close earlier at some universities than they do at others. Um, so it's very dependent on the university and the course that you're doing. Um, I know even, you know, when I was doing my, like looking for postgraduates, it was the same thing of um, there were some courses and I was like, oh, these seem kind of interesting. You know, I'll sort of like wait to apply when there's more time. Um, and like we said, I came back later and the course had already been filled um, and there wasn't any spaces. So the advice that we've got here is, you know, ideally you'd like to start looking at the start uh, for a postgraduate course at the start of your final year, especially if you're looking to do, uh, you know, it's really nice that you mentioned there about that postgraduate studies doesn't just mean masters, that you can, there are PhD programs that you can apply for. Um, and a lot of them, you know, accept undergraduate students uh depending on like their grades or their sort of like career path as well um they're very open to having them so i know that there was an environmental one that um was recommended to me that you can it's a really great program you get to sort of like try out new like different sort of research areas in your first year before sort of committing to your uh dissertation for the next like three or four years but yeah i definitely recommend um yeah start looking as early as possible and start applying as early as possible because um, once those courses are filled, then uh, it's, it's very unlikely you'll be able to to join that course, and you don't want to miss out on um, on sort of the the course that you want to do. Um, we also well, I sort of have. Oh, uh, Jay, if you want to go ahead and say something, yeah, go, I, go I ahead. just wanted to say as well because uh, it's not just these types of courses, like you mentioned. Uh, you can even get into uh, pre-masters, very similar to foundation year. Uh, for those of you who might have done it uh, the year before, usually bachelors. There's also a variety of masters there's like master of science whatever there is masters of philosophy which is a research masters instead of a taught masters that usually can lead directly into a phd counting for the first year of a phd usually um so there are 
quite a lot of opportunities in a lot of these do tend to go by quite quickly. So it is something you do have to be quite like on it. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's, it's uh, you know, sort of links, it's not, well, it does link to what we're, where our next assumption is, but I also thought, because we haven't actually got it on the table, so I thought I'd, I'd put it there. Now's as good a time as any to mention it, is, you know, universities do, your, oh, well, you know, wherever you study your undergraduate, you will usually also um, most likely do a master's. And, you know, that might be somewhere that you might want to look into, um, you might want to see, depending on your career path and what you want to do afterwards, um, you know, it might be something you, that you check out. You know, usually universities will offer some form of discount for you coming back to do a master's at the same place. Um, so, yeah, it's always about just being aware of like what's available to you. You know, look, I'm not saying, you know, you have to stay at your, you know, the same university. I understand completely that depending on the subject that you sort of study for your undergrad, but also what you want to study for your master's that you'll have to look at elsewhere. But um, yeah, just always, I'd say, just give it a check. Um, there's a lot of like interesting courses that universities do anyways. Um, and kind of, kind of like what you're saying there, Jay, that there's a wide range of really interesting, um, like uh, masters in philosophy um, that do like really like incredible work. And like you said, it sort of leads on to a PhD. So if you know that academia is where you sort of want to get into, um, you know, at least at the start of your professional career, um, then yeah, definitely, definitely check out all these different resources. Uh, and a bit as what you mentioned as well, these, um, if you do come back to the university you've graduated in already, uh, there is a discount. So I think for now it's anywhere from 10 to 20% off that you think you get depending on which masters you'd be choosing. So for, I think for more engineering masters, I think it tends to be a bit less, but for like management, other things in that regard, uh, it does tend to be a bit more. You do tend to get quite a bit more discount, which can be quite noticeable and quite a bit, um, quite an advantage because masters are still they they are all usually more costly than your average undergraduate year so you do end up saving quite a bit by going to the same university again if obviously you can handle staying there for a few more years uh, but it is good to diversify yourself sometimes if you do have the chance doing a master's elsewhere does do wonders right your portfolio and your curriculum it does make it more diverse which is something employers are really keen on looking at yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think, yeah, I keep saying before we go to the next one, because sort of on what we were mentioning, I think there's a, a, an assumption that I completely forgot to put on the list. Uh, and I guess that assumption would be um, regarding more the student finance side of things um, that, you know, you, you mentioned there that the discount at your university can be substantial. And it sort of got me thinking that there's the assumption, because I, I'm pretty sure I didn't know about this when I was sort of starting my masters um was that there's the assumption that oh when it comes to student finance the way that the payment scheme is set up is very similar to the undergraduate so the university you know directly sees your tuition fees for that year um and then you you'll get money from student finance for like your living costs and things like that um when the reality is not that um you know it might it might change for the next academic year i can't tell you but essentially what it is now is that you pay your tuition fees you also pay your living fees so essentially student finance will give you it's the same as before that they'll give you a set amount at different points of the year but the thing that you might not know is that you have to be the one that's going you know 
going directly to university and paying your tuition fees um you know it can be quite stressful especially i know for example um when i was doing my masters at brunel um because my year course was a two-year course and it wasn't sort of like a commonly done thing there was a bit of like a a lot of work that i had to sort of go into figuring out like what my payment plan would be and like how much i'd be paying because i was doing a two-year masters um so i'd say the the advice for that is just you know keep on top of it i know for myself i always put um i always put like reminders saying you know this is when student finance is coming in this is when the university is sort of expecting to receive the money um and just always just try and look so you can sort of keep ahead um of the game but yeah i wanted to ask jay did you have any any advice on this oh absolutely so first of all one of the biggest mis- misconceptions people have uh Postgraduate loan is very different from an undergraduate loan. So whereas in undergraduate, you have a tuition loan and a maintenance loan, and postgraduate is just the one thing for everything. And it tends to be much less than you'd be expecting. So for undergraduate loan, they usually pay for the whole tuition. And then the maintenance loan, you can get anywhere upwards of 12000 a year. Uh, whereas with postgraduate loan, you'll only get about 12000 for everything, for tuition and anything else that you might need. Uh, which at times isn't even enough to cover a lot of master tuitions. Uh, the thing, I'm not too sure, but I, I'm pretty sure postgraduate loans, you can only take out once as well. Um, so it is... Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's right. You can only you can only essentially get, the, um, get it once and that's it. So I can imagine for two-year uh, master courses or for people who are wanting to continue into further education, maybe do a second master's, PhD after a master's, you will no longer have a student finance available for you to claim. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I know um, with the the two-year the master's, I know thankfully it was covered in the sort of student finance thing of they they understand that like some masters have like a placement year, for example, like mine, or they might be sort of like taught over two years so they they do accommodate sort of that and you're allowed to sort of get a your payment plan is different and that's where the confusion can happen sometimes with universities is they're sort of expecting you to be paying a certain amount but then you have to you know student finance know that you're doing a two-year master's so so yeah sometimes you have to do a bit of re like talking to so many people which i know you know especially when you just start uni that's the tendency that people don't want to have to do but yeah sometimes you have to do that um but kind of like what you're mentioning there you know if you do like you said if you do do a second master's or you want to sort of go you know phd or you want to do more further education um that's unfortunately as soon as you've got your first uh maintenance loan for your master's or for postgraduate studies um then that's all essentially that you're getting and you can't actually get any more for any additional stuff um but yeah we're gonna go now go on to uh the the next thing um which is you have to study a subject similar to your undergraduate now jay um you mentioned that you you studied i believe it was um aeronautical engineering um for your undergraduate Is, is that correct uh aerospace yeah aerospace so, sorry very similar yeah um are you doing something very similar for your for your postgraduate studies or are you doing something different uh in my case i am doing something very similar i am doing this case a continuation a special uh, specialization in space side of aerospace so that being astronautics and space engineering which is very very steered towards the whole space engineering side anything that it's basically you get to the point where you actually do rocket science so but it's um 
which is something I know we're going to talk into uh, for my course, not everyone is actually from uh, an aerospace background. You can actually have quite a bit of people just from very different backgrounds, computer science, physics, maths, even chemistries, uh, things that aren't very related, biology as well, uh, that aren't very related to engineering, but you can still do great. And it is for everyone, which is an assumption I know we were going to talk about. Is it, can anyone do any cores? Yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you picked the right time. Um, yeah, you're definitely right. That The reality is, you know, you don't have to. Um, you can do a master's in any subject that you want, as long as you meet the grade requirements. Um, so uh, kind of like James was saying there, you, you might not have a background in engineering, but you could do engineering. Um, I know uh, Samuel, who's on the podcast, he did his undergraduate in, uh, I believe it's politics and history, hopefully I got it right. Um, but he he did his master's in psychology because he sort of was working for, I think he said like two years or a year after he graduated. And he was just like, actually, I didn't really enjoy my degree that much. I actually have really have a passion for like psychology and understanding the mind. Um and he did. He, he changes. He completely changed his undergrad. He he loved his time doing psychology, um, which sort of leads to the advice, um, which is all about you know research areas of study that you're interested in. If you're thinking of doing a postgraduate study, you know, sort of don't limit yourself to just thinking about the the subjects that link to your course. You know, if you're doing, I don't know. Um, so I. I like without trying to like sell my masters um i the reason why i liked my course was because even though it does deal with the environment because it talks about sustainability um it also dives into entrepreneurship and design which is something that i had no sort of understanding of before i i did the masters like i'd never done design before um yes i had like stuff like the podcast um but i didn't necessarily know you know that much about business side of things and entrepreneurial side of things and I think it's just been really good to get that advice, you know, to 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 do a master's in something that you've never done is really interesting because you sort of gain skills and knowledge where I feel like in my undergraduate, it's not it like, I'm, like I liked my undergraduate, I really did, but I feel like my master sort of opened my eyes to things that I wouldn't have necessarily known if I hadn't done it. And I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Jay. Um, but yeah, I just feel like that's, that's, you know, without trying to sell that masters are amazing, everyone should do a masters, you know, it's up to you and your personal preference. But I feel like, um, doing it in some, like learning about stuff that I didn't really know a lot about really helped me to see more side of things and see essentially like where you can go, I guess, into the working world with, even if it's like something completely different to your career, I think it sort of helps you to give the courage to to do that you know try something new and do new things but yeah did, did you feel like that or do you feel like that sorry jay with your with your masters um i think masters is a great uh place to either do a career change to further a skill set that you're interested in or just um to get better qualifications usually if you are continuing in the same area um it is a place where you can really develop for example a skill that you learned or that you might have been interested in and haven't had the chance to do too much so for example in engineering uh, a big part of engineering in the industry isn't related necessarily to engineering it's more to do with engineering management uh, sustainability all, all these other things so sometimes even doing a master's in something related um, i mean not exactly related can give you a lot of great opportunities 
still in the field that you're looking to work. It can also just allow you to do full on a career change. It's something that you can just go into something very different. A lot of people I know do a master's um, just in business, business management. It's one that opens quite a bit of doors, gives you quite a bit of opportunities uh, with um, that master's. Um, in my case, uh, my one does come to further my knowledge on, in this case, the space side of aerospace, which is the side I'm more passionate about uh, in terms of research and development and all these things. Um, but if I was to maybe do a different one, a uh, different master's, I would definitely do maybe a master's in business and management. It's something that is very, very helpful. Um, one thing I wanted to say as well, like during undergrad, it's a great time. Like you don't have to, although you're doing a course, there is a lot of opportunities to, to try different things out. I know in Brunel, a lot of the lecturers, for example, as long as you're friendly with them and are per se rude, they wouldn't even mind you just sitting in into one of their classes just for you to just test out a new subject, even if it's completely different from your department or course, as long as you get acquainted and build a good report. A lot of them usually really don't mind as long as there's space, as long as you're not being a nuisance. Um, that's a great way to test out new things. During placement year as well, you can do a lot of very different things to what you're actually doing in your course. And it could be sometimes an awakening call uh, in both senses. It could be like, I really enjoy this area, actually. Maybe I'll pursue something more similar to this in the future. Or this area is absolutely not for me. I will not ever do this ever again. Let's do something completely different. Let's get back on track, something like that. So, and even like a lot of competitions and other events, societies, just about everything can give you a big, uh, better insight a lot of these other fields and subjects that might actually interest you and could be something that you'd be looking into pursuing for further academia. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, we did mention that, uh, you know, it's nice that you bring up placements because we did mention that that placements, postgraduate studies, they sort of give you that opportunity to, like you say, have that career change, learn things. Um, I've always said that my, like undergraduates give you that opportunity to, or even like, I guess, going to university in general gives you the opportunity to like try something and then you know if you really don't like it you know that that's not for you um so you know whether it's you're studying i don't know like biomed and it turns out you're just like i really hate biomed and actually i really love uh business management and i, I love learning more of the business side of biomed so working with pharmaceutical companies and managing their like helping them to manage their business um i think that that's the really good thing and it's kind of like what you mentioned there you know we we always mention on the podcast that networking is sort of really key in doing undergraduates postgraduates um even like you said like just sitting in other courses uh like lectures um is really good so i know a friend of mine she was passionate about like uh construction and sustainable construction and with environmental science they sort of uh because of the pandemic we weren't able to do it for like our final year um but she like got in contact with one of the lecturers for that she had for her like second year she said like can I, is it okay if I sit in for your module? Because I've, you know, I really liked it. I don't mind if I don't do the assessment, but you've got a lot of insight and knowledge. Um, and he was just like, that's completely fine. I know, um, for the design part of my master's course, um, the module was, there was like an optional module, which had design elements. Uh, and the design lecture was really nice because they said, oh, you know, if you still want to join, like, just send us an email. We're more than happy for you to still be on there you know when we're doing assessment stuff you might just prefer to leave or to just play in the background but they were just saying you know come along if you want to because at the end of the day kind of like what you were mentioning jay you know you, you some of the stuff that you're sort of learning on your course 
you know, yes, you can learn it on YouTube or yes, there are courses specific for it, but sometimes you'll have to pay to get that knowledge and you're sort of getting it for free. You're in that learning mindset anyways. Um, so you're sort of like more ready for it then, than if for a say, you know, you're going to leave it till like after you've done like years of, of like working or years of stuff of years of like research and stuff. Um, but yeah, we've come to the, the, the last assumption, um, which is a shame, but you know, all, all things have wait, to... Wait, 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 just before oh, you okay. say that, um, something that you just picked on real quick, um, just about the mindset uh, that you're in, and like about all these subjects, it is very, it's easier for yourself to jump into a master's right after you finish your undergraduate, and same thing with the PhD, um, than if you spend quite a few years in entry. A lot of times it's just, Sometimes for you, it's just not even worth it because you might just be able to, uh, instead of wasting a year back in academia, you might be able to just get that promotion instead and do something instead. And you just, by spending maybe a, even just a year, even students who just go on placement for a year, it's quite a massive difference coming back into education. Uh, so it's just a different mindset, a different like state of um, work ethic and everything else. So if you are considering doing a master's, it is preferable f- for your own sake that you do it right away if you do have the conditions. But at the same time, it is never too late to come back into education if it's something you'd like to pursue, or maybe it's just useful to have maybe a master's in that particular topic. It isn't too late for you to come back. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, it's really great. Like, I definitely agree with the mindset thing. Um, You know, I felt the exact same way. That's why I decided to go straight into the master's because I felt like, I just would, I would, you, there's your, when you're at uni, you've, you've got that mindset of close deadlines, you know, like you've got three different assignments, which are all like 1500 words on different topics through the same week. And you have to find a way to do it. And that's something that you're sort of honed into while at uni and to sort of get away from that and go back and sometimes be quite difficult. Um, but yeah, I really like that you, you sort of mentioned there as well that, you know, you, there's no sort of like age limit or time limit for you to get back into to like studying or to education um i knew a friend of mine she was doing an undergraduate she said that um there was a about six-year-old woman who was doing psychology at her university i know samuels mentioned it on the podcast that um like there have been people on his course that were sort of like oh, a lot older than him and they sort of had a career change and wanted to do a master's in psychology um like try it um and then the last thing sort of based on what you said about like placements um you know i'm currently on placement and I, my, my like placement is helping other student finds placements which is yeah always like confusing when you're trying to describe what your placement is um but essentially like one of the when you mentioned that you know there's that difference um it's so true we um like people were saying, you know, when even when I was doing my undergrad um, and they were sort of advertising placements, they were saying it then that like there's a clear difference between like a student who's gone on placement and a student who hasn't. And whether that's a year or two summers or even one summer, um, just going on placement sort of gives you the idea to A, see like see what you do and don't like about, you know, your studies because your placement will usually be linked to your studies but also it sort of shows you like what what you can do with your degree and like how it can sort of be applied in the real world whereas sometimes it can feel like that's something you can't like you wouldn't necessarily know if you had just sort of like done the three years without sort of doing anything else 
Um, and I think sort of, you know, we, we've mentioned it before that we're going to at some point um, do an episode on placements and looking specifically, you know, it's going to be a so no one told you about placements. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out. We're going to be releasing that soon. Um, but yeah, uh, the last uh, assumption um, is essentially postgraduates are similar to undergraduates in terms of workloads and assignments. And essentially, even I would go to to this like the extent to say like the lecture structures and say that you know as a postgraduate um you know you, you're sort of expected like it's, it's almost the same as your final year at university um now now jay was that an assumption that you had um or that you know maybe friends or other people on your course maybe had um to some amount i very much felt like the masters would have uh, the same continuation from um my final year of undergraduate because at the end of the day, like the major part of it is still that you're doing a thesis. Um, it's different for sure. Uh, the, um, I forget the word, uh, the expected rigor and professionality is much higher because as in you are an academically uh, superior level, so they do expect much more from you. Um, overall, uh, I feel like it's less. It, it really depends on it, it. Really depends on the universities and the masters. Uh, in my experience, it's felt more better managed curriculum wise. Uh, the things are more spread out. I don't feel as if I'm bombarded with everything to do. I feel like everything is spaced out quite well. Uh, but obviously, the quality of your work is has to be much much better and more professional and they do expect much much more from you so um this being maybe from group design uh group projects uh you aren't expected to put in the same amount of um i guess work as and they do expect you to do much much more so maybe you might have had some poor experiences of group work in undergraduate as people might have not been as passionate as interested in the course uh, when you come to master's level, a lot of the people who are here are here because they want to be here. So they, and that does tend to show uh, in the way they work, in the way they participate, the way they engage uh, both themselves and within the group uh, in case of uh, projects. So it does tend to be, I don't know, I feel more fulfilled doing what I'm doing in a master's level. Um, as the people I tend to work with, this being both my colleagues and the academics, they tend to be more supporting, more passionate. They actually like what they're doing. Uh, they actually want people to succeed. Um, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to be like very condescending upon undergraduate uh, academia, but it's it's a very it's a jump. It's definitely a jump, but it's. It's good. It's accommodating if you are up for it. If you're up for the a level of uh, extra level of hard work you might need to put in, even if it's not maybe as time heavy as an undergraduate, uh, it is very comfortable if this is something you're... Um, what's a good word? I don't know. If if it's something you're comfortable with. Yeah. yeah it's very... Or, or yeah. Like passionate about. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that's true. Uh, you know, it links to what we said about the reality that, um, you know, while this is very dependent again on the course and the university, uh, the most students find postgraduates a bit harder or 
depending on your course significantly harder than your undergraduate. Um, now, this could be due to a number of reasons. So some of the ones that we've uh, we listed are like the limited time, because obviously for your undergraduate, it's three years. Master's is usually one. If it's two, then it's sort of like still the work is sort of spread out a bit more evenly. Um, the number of assignments that are conducted within because of that sort of limited time constraint. Um, but I think like what you're mentioning there, Jay, it's also yeah, the expectation is different because kind of like what you're mentioning for an undergraduate, there's, you know, I guess um, with everything that's been going on, whether it's with COVID or with just jobs being harder, you know, a lot more people applying for jobs because of COVID. Um, it's meant that sort of when it comes to a master, like uh, if it comes to undergraduate, sorry, a lot of people will do an undergraduate because they feel like, oh, I need to at least have an undergraduate to get a job. And kind of like what you said, when it comes to masters, um, that's not really the case because a lot of people, yes, some people are saying, you know, whether well for their certain career or whatever, they need to do a master's. But kind of like what you said, it's not that people are just there to have a good time or people are just like, oh, you know, I can, I don't need to take group work seriously or, you know, the group will cover for me. There's a lot of that sort of change in expectations and people saying, oh, actually, no, I need to be serious. I need to sort of take this seriously. Um, you know, I think it's it's really like we said, it's about the individual. It's also about that mindset of saying, you know, you you sort of and I guess that's sort of links to what we're saying at the at the start, you know, you do um you don't have to do a master's that's not something that relates to what you studied or something that you don't like. But it's also about thinking, you know, you're you pick to do that master's and you're there for a reason. And yeah, it's gonna be tough and yeah, you might not enjoy it. Um but it, like, you know, just keep going because it once you've done it, you'll just be so proud that, you know, you've done it. You have did it in something that's new. You've learned new things or you've sort of like learned further. Uh, it's been a further development of ideas that you've had. And I feel like that's something that you, you that's yeah, it's a powerful thing that can happen to you once you sort of come to that point in life. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's just even just the general environment, even if it is maybe a bit harder with because it is shorter, you might have to do a bit more things in the same amount of time and less amount of time than an undergraduate. Um, just the environment. I feel like uh, I definitely feel more supported uh, from an academic point of view here in my master's than I did in my undergraduate. Um, whether maybe it's my mentality that changed a bit as well. Maybe I'm seeking out help and seeking out resources more often and putting myself out there a bit more. Uh, just by being, I guess, more mature than I was in my undergraduate, or maybe it is just the environment might be a bit uh, different. I do feel it is generally more calmer as well, as well as, especially like if you have, I guess, good time management, it, it might still be stressful, but it's not as, not as, not, not as, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 it's not as, um, like the the pressure, like if you like you say, yeah. if you plan out the time, the pressure is not sort of like always on you mm -hmm. as if uh, as if when you're doing an undergraduate, because like you mentioned, even if you have your your thesis um, at the end of the year, you've still got all those other deadlines that are sort of like, and especially if, like if you're some courses where your thesis isn't even the like towards the end of the academic year, your thesis is like slap bang in the middle, so you've basically working from september to maybe like march in your dissertation and then you know like you might be like oh gosh you know the dissertation took so much out of me it was so tiring but then you're just like oh great i've got like three exams come may that i'm now gonna have to start revising for um is that is that what you saw sort of, sort of meaning i think so i think so 
I think with most masters, uh, the dissertation does tend to be towards the end. So you do have uh, generally allocated time for it, and it doesn't usually clash much with everything else that is going on. And I, I don't know if it's a bit... I feel like just the stakes can be a bit lower as well in a master's because ultimately like in a, uh, in an undergraduate, it's almost like you have three years going on and uh, a bachelor's, um, your marks at the end can at times shape much more than like your career at times than the master's. The master's is usually there to give support and to give um, further qualifications, but sometimes it, it's not as big of a deal like how well you do in a master's as long as you did it like decently like and as well as in your undergraduate the master's is there more as like an additional qualification you have it's not your main qualification most times i feel i don't know i feel like it's just mistakes seem to be a bit different in a master's than an undergraduate no i definitely agree and I, I get that some people might say, kind of like you mentioned, that the stakes might be higher for them because, you know, they might have, like, depending on what they're doing and what their research is or whether, you know, they're doing a sort of uh, a master's in philosophy or a master's uh, in science or arts, um, yeah, they might feel like the pressure's different. But I think it's like we mentioned, it's that it's, I guess, the pre- like you, you're sort of, you know, rather than with your undergraduate, that you're sort of doing this to sort of, better yourself i mean you are bettering yourself professionally but i guess what i'm saying is with with an undergraduate there's the expectation that most people will be doing an undergraduate but when it comes to a masters at least at this point it's sort of like no there's such a wide range of masters you know you are doing a specific thing that you actually like and it's not like with a you know with a undergraduate where you might like first or second year of your undergraduate but then third year you're researching stuff that you don't really like at all it's you know you're picking your modules you're picking stuff that you like your your dissertation is more focused on what you like and i think it's stuff like that that really essentially is quite useful to you um which sort of leads leads the advice which is essentially you know plan out your time um you know if your course is able to let you know when you join in September or, you know, we've got a January intake now. So if they let you know now like, what your deadlines will be for the rest of the academic year, then amazing. Because uh, then you can sort of like p- figure out, you know, what, what or which weeks will have deadlines and all of this. Um, but I think even like more so just knowing, you know, how to like plan out your time effectively to make sure that, you know, if, like I said, you've got three pieces of coursework and they're all due at the same week, how can you sort of cope with that? Um, I also said like, ask questions if you don't understand something. Um, it's, it's, it's something that I guess still works for undergraduate, but I think sometimes when it comes to a master's, because like I said, that you're sort of going a you know, it's a new level that you're sort of on. Sometimes you feel like, oh, you know, if you ask like a simple question or if it's something that, you know, it's a simple topic and you ask a question, you feel like, oh, I'm I'm sort of like, I'm showing that I'm I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with the course or I'm not really as smart as, as, as I want to be. And it's no, it's like, there are some things that you will understand and some things that you won't. And especially if it's something new, uh, like I know, for example, when I was doing a, the design module uh, for my master's, for that module, there were some things that were just going over my head. There were there were some stuff that I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have to ask the lecturer about this um, when we have our seminar, um, like our seminars with him. Um, but I was just like, no, you know, it's it's about having like being comfortable asking questions, and you know, the the most important thing is there's no stupid question one and two. Um, 
you never know. Someone else might be thinking the exact same thing and just not want to ask. Um, but yeah, I'd say th- th- that's our main advice. Just plan out your time and ask questions if you don't understand anything or if you're struggling with something. Um, and yeah, re- use the support services. You know, we've mentioned Ask uh, Brunel, who, who do a lot of work on dissertations. Um, you know, they do a lot of stuff on statistics and, and things like that. Um, if your course is really nice at uh, uh, Brunel, you know, they might even show, they might even invite the lecturer, might sorry, invite them to attend a set, like do a session with your cohort or your course um, to just basically, you know, tell you about them and sort of do like a live session there. Um, you know, if you're thinking about like applying for stuff afterwards, you could maybe go to the careers team at your university or at Brunel. Um, but yeah, just, just like make the most of it because kind of like what we were saying there a postgraduate is your decision it's something that you've decided you want to do to to improve your your i guess academic record and you know don't feel like you're sort of missing out and i feel like as well like um obviously it's not mandatory like you don't have to go into a master's except for particular fields where they do demand you to do a master's uh it is the thing like you shouldn't uh master at the same time should putting in good effort good work in your um undergraduate because it is like if you are wanting to go into further education your overall marks and your transcript from undergraduate will carry you through most of further education beyond that um once you're able to tap into most masters you can just like we said earlier you can just do basically any subject uh as long as you have good marks and good transversals transversal skills uh whereas you might do really well in a master's, but maybe that won't be enough to get you to maybe some some a completely different course, for example. Uh, whereas your undergraduate might really help out more. So it's not something you should really neglect. Just say, oh, when I get to my master's, I'll fix all my career issues. It's going to guarantee a career for me. Like it, you should still be like putting in good work and effort, especially into your bachelor's, uh, playing it out, having good time management, all these things. It is things that do tend to help. Definitely. And kind of what you mentioned there, it's even like, like you said, time management is something that you will need to in time management, meeting deadlines, um, you know, keeping on top of workloads. These are all things that when it comes to employability and working, you know, we mentioned in our job hunting episodes um, for after graduations, sort of similar things of having those transferable skills essentially sort of help you afterwards so if you can show that you know and especially during interviews people love to ask questions of you know can you name a time when you know you had a a lot of deadlines and you sort of had to figure out something um you know you can use that as an example to say that you know you're doing your master's you had like multiple deadlines that week you had to also figure out you know where you would like be working after you finish your master's or things like that and sort of showing that you were able to manage that workload work organizations um, and workplaces will be really inspired by that because they'll see that you're a good candidate um so yeah so i definitely agree um and yeah i, I definitely feel like for anyone who's doing masters yeah there's a bit of encouragement for you one last thing as well i know you mentioned ask uh i know one thing as well that you shouldn't be neglecting is if you have any learning difficulties as well um brunel does offer quite a bit of learning support this could be for dyslexia dyspraxia um adhd and most other uh, things of that sort. Uh, and you shouldn't be like, it can feel weird to uh, come out with these issues sometimes to your academics or to the staff. Usually it will be uh, the, well, um, in this case, the 
learning disability staff will help you, but the support they can give you is substantial and it will make your overall academic journey much more smoother. And it's, you shouldn't be like putting yourself, um, what's the word, putting yourself down, making your situation worse, making your situation um, less fair for yourself um, and putting yourself at a disadvantage in comparison to some of your colleagues when there is support. The support is there, the support is substantial and it's something you should access if you have the need for it. And it does go a long way. Grinnell is one of the better universities in terms of support for these things. So if you do need the support, it is out there for you. Just the only thing you have to do is reach out um, to get it. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, we we mentioned it, I think we mentioned it in an episode, well, we had an episode about, you know, uh, a student who sort of had the same thing. They they had learning difficulties. They didn't know until I think about their second year. Um, but they were saying that, you know, they used the the team at Brunel, they used the, the, their resources um, and they really helped them in their final year. Uh, and, you know, we even said that concerning um, someone on the team, uh, Michelle, that, that she said the same thing, that she only found out that she had a learning difficulty once she had graduated. And she was just like, you know, it would have been amazing to have used that support, to use those um, those support services, to have that extra support in exams and coursework to help with that. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely that's so true. You, you know, utilize those those resources. Um, you know, that episode that I mentioned about um that, you know, uh, supporting people with uh, learning difficulties, you know, we speak a lot about how that works and how what you know essentially entails and things like that. So please do check it out. Um it should hopefully pop up on one of the corners in the screen. Um yeah uh, all things must come to an end uh, and this is the end of the episode so uh, yeah thank you very much jay for being an amazing guest speaker and for coming onto the podcast today um it's been a pleasure to speak to you about postgraduate studies and to learn more about postgraduate studies and uh, yeah learn some key tips too so thank you very much thank you so much for having me uh it's a shame this one we didn't have as many festive anecdotes as the last yeah. one we had so many fun facts about christmas yeah, no it's true it's true and i'll i'll make sure we'll have a fun fact appear appear on the on the, the this episode too so uh yeah don't worry just keep an eye on the screen and you'll see a, you'll either see it at the start or it'll appear now uh, but you'll see a fun fact here too so yeah you won't be missing out on much um but i guess before we let you go jay um there might be some students who might have some more questions maybe uh, you know, it might be about yourself, but it might also be about, you know, the residence ambassadors uh, or rest life ambassadors, sorry, um, and the work that they do and how they could support students who have moved to um, have moved to the UK or are living away from home for the first time. And they, you know, they're on campus, especially for anyone in the January starters. Um, and they might be wondering a bit more about them. So, yeah, could you just let us know? I guess the first thing is uh, how our audience could get in contact with you, uh, but also uh, a bit more about the rest life ambassadors and how our audience could get in contact with them. So um, the Res Life Ambassadors, I am no longer associated with, but uh, they are a service university. They are they do their best to help out students um, moving into accommodation and just let the generally living in halls. They are there and effectively your professional friend. Um, you can get in contact with them either through email um, at Acrora2 uh, at brunel.ac.uk or through their Instagram at brunel.ras for Res Life Ambassadors. Uh, they do tend to be going around halls as well, at least twice a week. You should see them around. Uh, they are based in Concourse Hall and we do have 
as in we don't, uh, they do. Uh, they do have uh, the Faraday common in which they do host quite a few activities. Um, to get in contact with me, I think the best way to do it is probably through LinkedIn. You could probably add my LinkedIn <laughs> somewhere in the description for people to contact me is probably the easiest way. Perfect. Thank you. And yeah, thank you to you, our wonderful audience, for coming back for another episode. If you like this episode, a like, comment and subscribe is always appreciated. Uh, you know, if you want to know when the next episode's coming up uh, and you don't want to miss it, please click the notification bell. And finally, if you're interested in receiving some perks as well as supporting the podcast, because we can't do this without all your support, uh, then please do feel free to check our Patreon page. The link is in the description. Um, but yeah. We're wishing you all a great day. We'll see you all next time uh, when we learn something new uh, that no one told us. So that's bye from us here. Have a great day. Bye.